everybody. Welcome back to the Answer Business Show. My name is Chris Pastrana, and today we are here with John Prito from Atherton Real Estate Group. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. Thanks <laughs> for having me. <laughs> cool. So let's talk a little bit about you. Kind of give us a right. brief rundown on who you are. Uh, like I said, I'm John Prito. I'm from Nashua. Uh, born and raised. Went to Bishop Garrett High School, Plymouth State University. I'm one of 10 kids, and uh, most of my family, in one way or another, is involved in real estate. Yeah. So uh, I'm a licensed realtor, broker, and an appraiser. Um, so I've been doing this a long time yeah. here in New Hampshire. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing it on your website. That's a lot of kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in a 2,000-square-foot, uh, three-bedroom cape, you know. That okay. was, uh, yeah. You know, but when you're a kid, you don't know. You just, that's how every, you know, that's yeah, you how it is, yeah. what you have. And uh, so you go from there. But it was great. It was fun, and it still is. Yeah. You know, have Christmas with 50 people and nieces and nephews. And you know, I've got nieces and nephews that are, you know, six, eight years younger than me. So, yeah. you know, we're contemporaries in a lot of ways. <laughs> it's pretty funny. That's pretty good. Okay, so let's talk real estate then. Yes. New Hampshire is a crazy market. Yep. Um, it's been crazy for the last year as far as I know. Yep. So let's talk about that a bit. Uh, you know, the market's just super hot. It's, um, you know, the average median price in New Hampshire is around 267, which is incredibly affordable in, compared to most states. Like going into Massachusetts, that, that variance is off by like just $100,000 by going 50 miles. Yeah. And, you know, obviously you look at the median home price in Northern California, San Francisco area, which is just completely out of control. Like a ranch is $1.4 million. <laughs> so, you know, it's a really affordable, you know, great place to live and the real estate reflects that. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Just a question I like to ask, like, why is it so hard? Well, well, you know, part of it is that the, uh, you know, kind of high tide raises all ships. The interest rate is still hovering around 4%, which is, you know, historic low since they've been giving out mortgages or having mortgages in, in um, you know, 50 plus years or so. It's one of the lowest it's ever been. So the money is super affordable. And with the housing prices being what it is, it makes it so, you know, a, a real good option instead of renting. Yeah. You can buy a house and pay $1,200 for a mortgage and, uh, you know, a nice place that you'd like to live in. Yeah. And in a lot of states, that's just not an option. Yeah. Any of your big places are super expensive. Just so expensive. I yeah. mean, you go 50 miles from here and, uh, you know, half a million dollars gets you a starter house. And that just puts it out of reach for a lot of people, um, you know, working class people. I mean, even people that earn a good income, that's hard, hard pill to swallow every month. So, um, you know, it makes it, you know, the population is a million or so. So, I mean, we have a low population density as opposed to the nationwide. And uh, so I think all those factors lead to really great, you know, housing options for people here in New Hampshire. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So where do you guys typically work out of? Because um, you, know, you said you're kind of a little bit more north in Nanaker area. Yep. Where's the Atherton actually running? I uh, have an office here in Manchester on Bay Street, right on the corner of Bay and Webster in Manchester. So I live in Henniker. So my corridor is kind of Henniker to Manchester. But I grew up in Nashua, so I still kind of go everywhere. You know, I mean, yeah. within an hour, you can get to most places in New Hampshire. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, kind of go where the work is. <laughs> Okay, cool. Yeah. So um, we can take a little bit of a sidetrack here because you had a couple stories that I really thought were cool when we were kind of talking beforehand. Yeah. So kind of give them a brief rundown on, you know, 
what is Atherton? It's like your logo and also because I actually really like that story. And yeah. I should get out. So uh, the Atherton is the name of the street that I grew up on, Atherton Ave. And anybody who's from Nashua, and especially in the North End, will know the street because there's a park there where we played as kids and we were playing team sports and baseball and junior high and stuff. That was our home field. So a lot of people will know that field. Yeah. And when you're picking a company name, you have to choose based on like, you know, your availability through the state, your website, all these sort of things. So I thought I had that name for a long time. And, uh, you know, so I, I just went with it. And I looked at all sorts of names and real estate related. And a lot of those were taken and hard to get websites for. So I just went with that. And that logo, which a housing logo, which is a lot of realtors have, that logo was a doodle that my mother always did. So every time she was on hold for the with a phone call, you know, before the internet when you had to call somebody and yeah. be on hold, she would doodle and she always drew that exact same house and it always had like smoke coming out of the chimney. And she has hundreds of them. So I just took one of those and made that into our logo. That's really cool. Yeah. I like that story. And I think that's what I really like about because we kind of talked about this a little bit beforehand. We we're talking about Keller Williams and all these places. And yeah, we know who they are now, like you were saying, but they came from somewhere. Right. And it's kind of like that same thing as you are the company. It's a small little brokerage that yep. you own. So it's you. Right. <laughs> we have one, uh, myself, and we have some administrative staff, which is awesome. And then another realtor, Julie Brown. She's a great agent as yeah. well. And uh, But yeah, you know, as the names are prevalent now like you know keller williams that's two guys name and now it's super successful business with over two hundred thousand agents caldwell banker a lot of these companies that now are recognizable names but they wouldn't necessarily be recognizable names until they are get to the point where everybody knows them yeah and in real estate is one of those businesses where people hire you the person right yeah. and you are the entity um so it's another business name you know, some people think it has a lot of weight, but I think that the person that you hire is the most important part of the process. Yeah. And in Keller Williams and some of these big places, you can get some absolutely incredible agents. And and you also get some that have never transacted a deal. So you have both sides of it. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. So have you ever worked for another brokerage like Yeah, that? I used to work for actually both of them, I, Keller Williams and Caldwell. And I had great experiences at both of them, both of them here in New Hampshire, and uh, I learned a lot from them. But, uh, you know, I've had an entrepreneurial spirit and I was ready to go out on my own and running a, essentially being a successful realtor is running your own business. So it was an easy transition for me to start my own brokerage. Really cool. Because that was what I want to ask. Um, <clears throat> so people have worked with big brokerages before. Yeah. What's it kind of like, I guess not running, but I guess working for or running whatever, a big one compared to a smaller one like what you guys do? So ours is, you know, we call it like a boutique brokerage. So a lot of times is, it, like I said, if you get a good agent at, at a big company, then you get a good agent. Yeah. If you don't, then you're you know, kind of at the mercy of that. They get, a lot of them won't get the support they need in some cases, but um, you're working with a small brokerage, we're hands-on throughout the whole process. So things don't get handed off to a transaction coordinator who kind of helps through process. Um, we are involved every step of the way all the way to the close. And you know, we refer people out to title companies and mortgage companies and people that we know and trust and work with. And having grown up here in New Hampshire and having nine brothers and sisters that are real estate related, like if you need any sort of anything related to a home, I can get you somebody that I probably went to grade school with. <laughs> and I feel super good about referring to you. Yeah. 
But like I said, some of the big agencies have incredible training. They have great technology. It just becomes a personal choice for a realtor. I like the small, um, you know, feel like you can carry somebody through the entire process. Cool. Awesome. I like that. And you said there's other things you do too, because you're a realtor, but you also do... I'm a licensed uh, a real estate appraiser here in okay. the state. So we uh, provide valuations, you know, from the biggest lenders in the country will call us and say, hey, can you go look at this property and tell us what you think it's worth? And that's a big part of the sales process too, because you can sell a house for anything you want, but if somebody's not paying cash, it has to appraise. And if it doesn't appraise, the bank says to the buyer, you can buy this house, but we're only gonna lend to what the value of the appraisal is. So it's a really critical piece of that. And having done, I don't know, roughly 3,000 residential appraisals here in New Hampshire, I can walk into a home and tell you exactly the issues that are gonna come up with the appraisal. And you know, getting in front of those and you know, dealing with them up front so that you can make this sell process to close easier and that's a huge benefit for our clients yeah because i know there were a bunch of changes after the crash in like 0809 um so i haven't really seen a whole lot of realtor slash appraisers yeah lately. no there's, there's <laughs> i think there's seven thousand realtors in the state and i think there's only 700 appraisers yeah an appraisal license takes roughly uh, five years to get it's a really you need hundreds and hundreds of hours of apprenticeship, you need to pass all these exams. Uh, it's a really in-depth process to become a licensed appraiser. Yeah. And you know, being a realtor is a much more abbreviated process. So you can start and have a license in six weeks. And uh, so it's just a different mm -hmm. path. Yeah. And, it, and when you can do that and sell homes, you wouldn't necessarily go through the process of becoming an appraiser. Yeah. It's much more, much more of a licensing challenge. Yeah, there's a lot more to it. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely see that. And it'll be interesting to see how it goes because there's so few appraisers that things get backlogged. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens going forward because they're talking about reducing the overall hours that you need to make more people come into the business. I'll try to feed it, feed it more. Yeah. Because the mm -hmm. average age of a, an appraiser in New Hampshire is around 55, 56. It's probably getting ready to so retire in a few years. People are getting ready to retire. Yeah. And the argument is, does technology catch up with it first, right? With satellite imaging and cost per square foot analysis and these Zillow type uh, predictive analysis is maybe, you know, will an appraiser be, will the technology get there so we won't need as many appraisers? Yeah. We don't know. Hmm. But they've been saying that for 25 years, so. Yeah, I think. Or I think we're getting to a point where that actually will become a question. <laughs> it will be, you know, and it's yeah. getting, you know, and uh, a couple large lenders uh, in, in dense population areas in the states have done away with full appraisals because they can really get a really good cost per square foot. But, you know, here in New Hampshire, you could have a 300-year-old home you know, next to a mobile home, next to a school. So yeah. you can't, you don't have the parity that you can use to use that same data. Yeah. So in New Hampshire, it'll be a slower curve, and whether it gets there or not, you know, I mean, obviously technology is here to stay, but whether that <laughs> makes appraisers obsolete, we don't know. Yeah, hmm. that's pretty cool. Cause that's, I've seen that across the board in a lot yeah. of industries. Um, if it's techie involved or anything like that, that's always a problem. Or you know, uh, carpenters, electricians, it's kind of like that. They're aging out. There's not anyone coming up into them. It's oh, becoming yeah. an issue. So that's kind of interesting. That I didn't know that that would happen to appraisers too. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a small niche market. Like I said, there's only a couple hundred of us in the yeah. whole state. So it's not like prevalent that people would know, like where everybody knows a realtor. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> there are a hundred of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Everybody's a realtor these days.
Which is good. I think, you know, anytime it's, you know, somebody's talking about real estate is good for all of us, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's, let's jump on that in a little bit. New Hampshire and I guess the Northeast is kind of one of those areas where there's going to be a lot of damage to your house that you have no idea about. What do you mean? Like ice problems. There's a whole bunch of things, yeah. especially with the age of the homes and stuff. Yeah. So looking from an appraiser standpoint, what are some things they should think about when you're getting ready to buy a new house or um, getting ready to sell one? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the things are basic things that everybody knows, right? Like, you, you know, the bank, you have to think of things through a bank's perspective. Yeah. Um, so would they say, if you don't, if you stop paying on this house, I want to take it back and I want to flip it as fast as I can. Mm -hmm. So they want to have everything done, right? Like, so the trim has to be in, the flooring has to be in. They want a finished home. And that's what an appraiser will go through the process. And when it's a buy, you know, they'll look through and make sure that they're not doing home inspection. We do an appraisal, an evaluation, yeah. but you do anything that's readily observable. So f make sure that the roof is good. Nothing is leaking, that everything is a finished product. And in a yeah. lot of it is that is the appraisal side of it. And then there's the marketing side of it, right? Like make sure your house is clean. That makes a huge difference. So all the data now is saying that 24 hours after somebody looks at your house, they remember one thing about your house. That's it. So it's like uh, the purple kitchen house or the house with the expensive bathroom or yeah. the house that smelled like whatever, a wet dog. So that's all that they're going to remember. So you want them to leave there with that lasting memory of this is a good positive feeling. Yeah. And everything, everything matters. Like where, you know, somebody's selling their house like, ah, it doesn't matter. It's, they're they're going to paint the rooms. People will walk out and say, I hated that wall because it was bright purple. And that's what they remember from it. And when they're, you know, having a glass of wine with their spouse 24 hours later, you don't want them to say, eh, I didn't like that house. I didn't like that vibe. I didn't like that because that's the one thing they remember. Yeah. So cleanliness is just goes a huge long way. And if you have things that aren't properly stored, people think, well, if they don't have room for storage, then I don't have room for storage, right? Yeah. So declutter, depersonalize, you know, there's nothing new. Everybody kind of knows these things, but it really takes a lot of work. I mean, it's, I know personally when we sold our house, my wife would spend hours cleaning and to make sure that house is perfect for everybody that comes and sees it. And, you know, people are busy in jobs and wives and kids, so it's hard and it's complicated. But that's what you need to do if you want max dollar for your house. Cool. Just as simple as that. Yeah, well, you say everyone knows that, but I don't know if they do or not. <laughs> well, I've seen a lot of people who are like, I don't know what to do. And you're like, well, here. And they're like, oh, yeah, we know that. And, but they don't, like, right. at the same time. So, And you think about, tip. you know, saying, like, okay, um, <laughs> I want to paint that wall because it's green. And I want to appeal to as many people as possible. All right, so I got to go down to Home Depot. I got to buy a gallon of paint. I got to put it on the wall, but I'm coaching my kids' teams and I work 50 hours a week and my wife and that. So that wall doesn't get painted or it takes two months, right? So yeah. it's two more months of mortgage payments that you're making. And then the sales process takes a couple of months. So, you know, you either get on it and hire somebody or you accept the fact that you're going to get less for your home. Yeah. And that's just the reality because the market doesn't care about your feelings, <laughs> right? It is. <laughs> The yeah. market is what it is. Yeah, it's a rough truth, but yeah, true. Yeah, it true. is very true. <laughs> and that's sometimes, uh, 
and like I said, all the homeowners know that. But you know, I understand and I have sympathetic to that process that you have a lot of things on your plate and it's hard to get to everything. Yeah. So my advice is hire out as much of it as you can because you know you're not going to get to it. <laughs> Just <laughs> pay somebody to do it, a professional, yeah. make it look perfect, and move on with your life. Yeah, cheap, easy, get it done. Yeah. Because you're right, painting a wall having a professional do is probably less expensive than three, four months of payment, mortgage payments of a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, now, so. and if you're not great yeah. at it, and it drips and makes it worse, and you know, you spill some paint, it's just, you know, it, it, it can be a very sound investment to make sure that those things are yeah. done. But even if you can't do that, and if you don't have the financial means to do that, make sure the house is absolutely perfectly clean. That makes a huge difference decluttered, depersonalized, and clean. Yeah, pretty cool, awesome. And ultimately, that comes down to dollars, right? Like yeah. you do this, and you get paid more for your home. Yeah, yeah, I guess that helps, right? Yeah, it's, it's good totally. On, the, on both sides, you know? Yeah. They, they pay a little more, it's fine, they're happy with the house, they like it, yeah. you know, and then you get a little more on your end. Right. It's pretty good. Yep. <laughs> cool, awesome. Well, we're getting right down to the end of it, so. Wow, that went quick. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I looked down and I was like, oh, man. Yeah. So uh, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, the best way is through the website, AthertonNH.com. Mm -hmm. um, all of our information is on there. You can email me at John at AthertonNH.com. Um, happy to walk anybody through the process. You know, I sold a house in Littleton. I've sold houses in Nashua. I live in Henniker. My office is in uh, Manchester, so I kind of go, will go wherever the work is. Yeah. And, um, so Atherton NH is the best way to get a hold of us. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Thanks yeah, for having definitely. me. Thanks. Until next week. <laughs>